Welcome to Compassionately You. Here, we host conversations in vulnerability and hopes to help and motivate others. My name is Brie Luganville and I am your host. I love to have different guests on to talk about a personal journey that they went through. Sometimes it focuses on internal growth. Sometimes it does focus on body image as well and how that affects our overall being as a person. Thank you so much for being here today. Happy Monday, everyone. This is Compassionately You, and today we have Deb Kalsbeek. She is a multi-business owner and serial entrepreneur here. Hi, Deb. Hi, good morning. And she's going to talk a little bit about two of her businesses today, and then we're going to go into actually a body image um, story journey with her, too. Uh, so Snap Studio started 10 years ago. That is my baby company. That's the one that started it all in my whole entrepreneur journey. We are complete weddings. So we offer photo, video, DJ, photo booth, and planning assistance. Wow. Uh, and then I own or co-own Snap Joy Studio, which is a creative workspace. So it can be rented out by other photographers, videographers, or just other entrepreneurs, if they're wanting to meet with a client, um, or really, if they just want a place that is super calm and comfortable to work, they can rent out the space, go there, get what they need done, because uh, we're all about community and being able to help out other entrepreneurs, as well, like, you know, having, for other entrepreneurs that are just starting out, especially photographers specifically, what we wish that we would have had available to us when we were just starting out. This makes it available for them. That's super affordable. They can rent it out by the hour. Everything that they're going to need except for the camera is there. So um, why did you start Snap Studio since that was your first business baby? feel like it kind of chose me in a way uh so this is one of those like um it was kind of in my blood Mm -hmm. so I grew up with my dad being an entrepreneur and I was a homeschool kid Mm -hmm. so I was always around this like business mindset I would watch my dad running his business and as I got older my parents since we're homeschooled really tried to cater to what our actual actual interests were yeah and my dad really saw that my interest was in business so he really brought me in and showed me how to run the business have his secretary like teach me you know the quickbooks and all of this like business and stuff he would take me on business trips and to meetings with him so I really saw what business was yeah. uh, so right as I was getting ready to graduate, my dad, you know, knew enough about business to tell me to go down and get my DBA. So I did that, and then it just kind of 
morphed into this thing of, well, I love photos and I love business. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to combine the two and really like just jump into it. So at the fragile age of 17, I had my DBA and started this business. And really it's just been through the years that I've learned how to run the business and what actually owning a business means. But I definitely feel very fortunate to grow up with a dad who is an entrepreneur to be able to teach me those things. Yes, that's wonderful because entrepreneurship isn't really taught in the school system. And so having somebody, um, whether it's homeschool or public or private, like there's nothing really there. And so having someone like your dad that is an entrepreneur and just saw that in you, the fact that he saw it in you at a young age too and was able to be like, all right, I'm going to start teaching is amazing. That's so rare. So uh, that's so wonderful. Yes. I love it. I feel so fortunate. Yeah. Oh. So seeing that you were homeschooled with a dad that was a successful entrepreneur and he saw those gifts in you, what else was it like growing up um, in your home? Uh, always an adventure. <laughs> like, we had friends that, you know, maybe only went to a hotel to stay overnight and, like, swam the pool and went <laughs> on trips, like, ever so often, maybe, like, only a couple times. Whereas my sister and I, growing up, we didn't fully understand that because we were literally going to hotels and getting to swim and going on these trips, like, almost every weekend, especially in the summers. We would be gone out of town every weekend because our dad was an entrepreneur who was going on these business trips, and we all got to go as a family on these business trips to the meetings, to the, like, business shows or whatever. So our, like, upbringing was always an adventure. Like, we could always go to work with dad Uh, Our mom was a stay-at-home mom who, like I mentioned, um, we were homeschooled, so she would be there to teach us, uh, which I know is so rare, and I love that now being a parent myself, I can provide that for my daughter, where she can come to work with me, and I can teach her, you know, what it's like to be a strong woman, and I can bring her around, like, this community of other entrepreneurs, and you know what, if she decides to go that route, awesome. If not, then she still has all these tools and these experiences that I feel so fortunate that I was able to have growing up in all these adventures. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And I do. I see you taking her all different places with you, and I'm just like, oh, I want to do that <laughs> like with my <laughs> baby someday when he's older. So sweet. Um, yes. And so um, now when you had submitted the form here, you had wanted to talk about a body image journey, which is sometimes what we talk about on here. Just a story of vulnerability, whether it's um, personal growth or um, to do with body image. So what would you like to share from your journey? I would be open to talking about my journey with anorexia, bulimia, overeating, back to anorexia, back to bulimia. Yeah. (laughs) And kind of a functioning, healthy relationship with body positivity now. Are you ready to jump right in? Yeah, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sounds good. 
so when I was about 15, uh, my best friend, who I now realize is a little four-foot nothing, uh, she was, like, super tiny, and she was a pretty popular girl, and she got involved in this modeling and invited me to come do this uh, fashion show with her. And, of course, at the age of 15, I did not see the fact that I was tall. I was a, you know, a little bit bigger build than my little five-foot or four-foot nothing best friend. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be in this fashion show, I'm going to go on this diet. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to look fabulous. So I really started diving into, like, dieting and, you know, being – you know, growing up with my mom, who, bless her heart, she was, you know, raising us in the 90s where we had sweet and low and low-fat Twinkies and, you know, the smart ones and lean cuisines, you know, all this, like, yeah. terrible food for you, but it was so promoted that, you know, they didn't know back then, like, how terrible that stuff was for us and the things that it was doing to our minds to be like diet 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 you need to diet you need to look like this like stick thin type of a thing yeah and so I really really started getting lost as I was dieting for this fashion show and by the time the fashion show actually came I was so far gone Mm. I'm completely obsessed in weight and what I saw in the mirror did not change the entire time. Like, I, even though I saw the scale going down, when I looked in the mirror, my image of myself wasn't changing. Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. Um, then it got to a point that my family started noticing, like, okay, this has gotten to an unhealthy point. Uh, so my parents brought me to counseling, which is not helpful. Being in counseling, if you genuinely don't want to be there, you don't see that there's a problem, you know, that counselor can talk to you all day long without it doing anything because you are in the place that you want to change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I did, I went through all that, and then it got to a point of my counselor's like, listen, there's no change happening. She does not want to change. She does not see that there is a problem. So she was putting the call into Pine Rest mm-hmm. because she's like, this girl needs rehab. She needs help. Well, at that point, my parents were not willing to give up just yet. Mm-hmm. And so they called my brother who lived out in Washington. And my brother's like, send her here. I will try to do what I can. Yeah. So I was sent out to Washington to stay with my brother for a while. Uh, but honestly, I can look back now and see I completely played him. I played all the games that there is to play with an eating disorder. Sure. And so I ended up losing even more weight while I was out there. Came back home uh, at the fragile weight of 90 pounds. Mm-hmm. And might I add, I am five foot six. Yeah. So yeah. 90 pounds is about a double zero. Mm-hmm. Um, not healthy. I was passing out. Um, 
to the point of doctors were concerned if I was going to make it through the night. Wow. Um, and then moving on from there. So that was kind of my anorexia journey. And then I met this guy. And, you know, it's that stigma of the guys want the girl that's going to eat the cheeseburger and not the salad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so for some reason, I wanted him to like me. So I started to eat again. When we were together, I would eat. And so we started um, hanging out, like, more and more. But then I was like, oh, wait, my parents like you and my family likes you more than I like you. And I've gained all this weight, which makes me feel self-conscious. So I broke it off with him. Mm-hmm. And then I, let's see. So from there, it was being encouraged to eat, 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 eat. Like, eating is good. Eat all you can. Yeah, if you want to eat the whole pizza, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, which led into bulimia. Because then I would still have that guilt from oh, yeah. being anorexic. And it then formed this really unhealthy relationship with food as, like, you know, just eat all you can. And if you get rid of it, then you won't gain the weight from it. So it was this battle between bulimia and anorexia and this really weird, that whole season of life was kind of a blur. Yeah. And then from there... (laughs) After I broke up with the last guy, had this really, like, weird uh, bulimia, overeating, um, really unhealthy relationship with it. Uh, went to the doctor. Doctor put me on some meds to deal with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, for That helped for a while. And then I decided I wanted to come off of the meds, mm-hmm. which is when I met my ex. So another guy. Mm-hmm relationship was going really really awesome like I started forming healthy eating habits like really this time was my decision Mm. I wanted a healthy relationship with food I wanted to be healthy during this whole relationship Mm -hmm. which was a really good time um until this guy who I absolutely loved and adored broke up with me oh Uh, and I, in my head, he was telling me the reasons why we were breaking up, but all I heard was, I'm not good enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. So I went out searching to be enough. Um, so I got really big into this partying scene and started restricting again, like I... I think I went about two weeks at that point without eating anything but two bites of toast that my mom made me on my way to him as he was going to break up with me. Oh, man. Like, it was literally those two bites of food that I had eaten in a matter of, like, two weeks. And this went on for about six months. Yeah. Um, and then I realized, like, okay, once again, this is really, really unhealthy. Um... So then I decided at that point to go ahead and go into therapy, this time for me. Like, this was it. I needed to figure out, obviously, this was a way of life that's really unhealthy. And I needed to figure out 
how to be healthy. So I went to therapy, which was amazing. Like she taught me these awesome coping mechanisms and to realize things from my past that were assisting in this. Yeah. But the thing that kept coming up is I was telling myself, I am not enough. So I needed to retrain my brain into being like, actually, girl, you are hella awesome. Mm -hmm. And you need to realize that. And so now, fast forward to today, you know, multi-business owner, a mother, Mm -hmm. where I am now being like, oh my gosh, my daughter is watching me. She is watching everything that I do, even some things where I cringe. I'm like, oh, honey, don't repeat that. (laughs) Uh, But I just, I want to be this strong woman, not for her, but for me too. I want to be healthy. And so now I realize that, you know what? I still have some things from my past, from my eating disorders that I used to live through every day. I still get anxiety sometimes when I go into food situations that I have no control over. Mm -hmm. Now, knowing what I know about how to be healthy and what healthy eating looks like, I can go into those situations and be like, and, you know, kind of change that self-talk and be like, you know what? This is okay. It's okay if every once in a while, eat the fries and the burger and the pie, whatever, Mm -hmm. Like, it's a healthy balance. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's very rare that people share, like, the back and forth from anorexia and bulimia, but I feel like that is very common. And so I really appreciate your openness and vulnerability for sharing just kind of like, here was the journey and, like, the other things going along at the other time that were triggers for those different behaviors, too. Yeah, I think you just used the correct word there, is triggers. Mm -hmm. So we have these things that happen in our lives are triggers to bring up other things. And so I'm able to look back now and realize these pivotal moments in my life that were triggers that I, my defense mechanism was to go into, you know what, I can't control this trigger, this situation, but I can control this. And so it was really this discovering time of realizing that it is about control. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I just thought of this one as well, um, I would go into, I was in and out of the hospital throughout this entire process uh, because, I mean, it damages your body. It's so bad. Yeah. But these nurses, oh, bless their hearts. They would come in and be like, honey, you are so beautiful. You know, you don't have to do this. And every time I would get so frustrated and annoyed. And it's like, for me personally, it was not about not feeling pretty. It was about feeling that control of these other situations that I didn't have control over. This was something I could control. Yeah, and I think that is something that people don't think about. They they only couple eating disorders with it's about their appearance. It's about their appearance. They don't like how they look, so this. But sometimes, and I think there's more often than not, 
it is about that control. Like, I, the, there's other things that, like you said, you couldn't control. And so it's like this part, I know I can. So I'm going to kind of like almost project onto that issue and just control that from a different thing that you couldn't control. And I think we do that all in our lives with different triggers and projection. But, um, yeah. Absolutely. And then it's also that, like, self-talk where, you know, as I mentioned, I was still looking in the mirror and nothing was changing to myself that I was visually seeing. But reality is that I was losing so much weight because I was telling myself, that I wasn't enough. And so it's like, yeah, it's two different factors. There's two different things going on at the same time. The not having that self-love and like not feeling worthy that you are enough. And then that other avenue to it as well, the control. And so, and I think it's common. I think it's so common in all of us to have multiple just things going on. And we're trying so hard to retrain our brains and cope in a way that is healthy Um, so then when we go into a trigger or a situation that could be trigger triggering, we don't go from zero to 60. We like are able to kind of like try to cope a little bit better. And then, yeah, it's so hard. (laughs) And I think that it's also now, you know, being past it, uh, is knowing what is going to push you in that direction. Like, some of the things that I've put in place now are those kind of positive affirmations. Uh, I have my goals is positive, you know, words that I put on my fridge and in my car and uh, on my bathroom mirror where, like, I will have my goals listed out. And if that's telling me to remember that those are the things that I'm working hard for. Or I will have on there that, you know what, like right now, I'll be totally honest, I'm in this complete season of transformation, Mm -hmm. you know, which sometimes transformations are hard and it's hard to see that you were going from point A to point B because everything in the middle is a little messy as you were, you know, transitioning. Yeah. Um, But it's also realizing when maybe you need to take a step back. Maybe you just need to take a few days away from everything and practice that self-care. And self-care is not going to look the same for everyone. For some people, that's, you know, going out in the woods and, you know, meditating. Whereas others, it might be going and getting your nails done or going on a trip. Like, self-care is not one-size-fits-all. It's figuring out what works for you and realizing when you need to take those steps back and practice that self-care. Yes. And I think that in our society, sometimes it's being talked about more self-care is, but it's hard. My goodness. I know. I know. But it's so hard because a lot of the times it's like, you know, if you're taking time for you, then you're losing out on X, Y, and Z here. And it's like, no, in the long run, taking time for yourself is going to propel you even more forward. Um, yes, because that, you cannot pour from an empty cup. I know it's very yes. cliche, but it's so true. Yeah, I love that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's cliche. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, I think you just gave people your word of advice without me even having to ask about <laughs> it. The, you know, if you feel yourself feeling like 
exhausted or just, you know, something's off, like taking that self-care is a really important thing to do for us. Um, I just want to thank you for sharing your just journey kind of just like all out there, like the back and forth of going through um, both anorexia and bulimia, because I do think it's not talked about very often. And you're just so genuine and caring and you want to let people know like, this is what happened to me. And maybe you can help someone if it's they're going through it right now. Absolutely. Like, I definitely believe in complete transparency mm-hmm. because maybe my story can help someone else. And to just let them know that, like, you are not alone um, as well. Like, I'm a total open book. If anyone needs to talk about this, like, I am more than willing. Like, come talk to me. I am willing to sit down, have a cup of coffee. If this is something that you are struggling with, like, know that there are people there that have been there and are either still in it or past it, but they're there to help you because they genuinely love you. Definitely. So if people wanted to connect with you about um, whether it be this or even about your businesses, um, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, So they can contact me. I have a contact form right on my website. It is snapstudiogr.com. Or they can email me at info at snapstudio, M-I as in Michigan, dot com. Perfect. Um, and then one last thing. Um, Deb does have a special that is going to be happening um, for different holiday minis that is coming up. So just want to let you all know about that. Um, as you can see, she's a very genuine and loving person. And so what better to have a photographer that is like that? be able to take your family portrait. Ah, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then in November, we are setting up our all-out holiday minis with all the props and all the fun stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Deb. And again, thank you for just sharing full transparency, everything, and your story, Absolutely. too, of just um, being an entrepreneur's daughter. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So this has been Compassionately You, everyone, and I hope you have a really great Monday. If you'd like to learn more about today's episode, you can go to brielugenville.com slash podcast. If you'd like to join our private support group, you can find us on Facebook and search for the private group Compassionately You. If you would like to be a guest, you can email Bree at brielugenville at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great start to your week.